Welcome to the Making Jobs Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. I'm your host, Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Schultz, with Witness Security. So without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Welcome back, job makers. Good morning. Makers of jobs. It's been a while. And those of you who are just, you know, jobbers. Yep. So we're we're not sponsored today by Black Rifle Coffee Company. No, we are not. We're not spo- sponsored by McDonald's Lava Hot Coffee Company. Nope. We are sponsored today by <clears throat> Tyler Brewed It Coffee. Tyler Brewed It Normal <laughs> Hot Coffee. <clears throat> Tyler Brewed It. That actually probably would make for a good coffee company. I think. I think we've just. We've just cracked something here. No, thing is, no one wants, no one cares about the fact uh, a dude. It would have to be a female's name. Like Tyler Stacy Bruder. Tyler can be a, f- a female name. It can. They, they usually spell it weird, like with an A instead of an E, like T T Y L A R or something like that. Yeah. Because maybe they don't. I don't know. Because I I distinctly remember at one point in time in elementary school. That there was a girl named Tyler. <clears throat> the funny bone getting cracked. Oh man, that hurt. Yeah, I think I think the uh, the person who named it the funny bone had only ever seen other people get hit in the funny bone. And he laughed hard. Yeah, because <laughs> it's never funny for the person hitting getting hit with the funny bone. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to tell you something. Know. I don't remember. Uh, actually, uh, something that popped. Uh, have we ever talked about smart thermostats? Probably. I mean, I'm sure we have, but I know you have run through a handful of different brands and stuff, and have had. I have less than stellar luck with a handful of them. I, as of right now, I'm really hard looking at the uh, the Nest thermostat. So Alarm.com makes a smart thermostat, <clears throat> and uh, I'm I've actually in the last. Two three weeks, we've installed more of those uh, Alarm.com smart thermostats, but I'm just I don't know I'm, I'm uh, I don't really like them per se. I mean they 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 work they work all right, mm-hmm. uh, but they're Z-Wave, yeah. and a lot of people uh, seem to think that uh, well Z-Wave's great. Even one of my guys, uh, he and I had a pretty lengthy conversation last night about how he thinks that Z-Wave doesn't really have any problems. And I said, yeah, I've seen where Z-Wave has a good amount of problems. Z-Wave versus Wi-Fi. Z-Wave is a uh, technology that's, I want to say it's at uh, 900 megahertz. Uh, Yeah. And the idea behind it is to get it on a different frequency than anything else is. Right, right. Because but, most most wireless stuff, it's 2.4 gigahertz or 5 gigahertz. Which uh, which now there's less there's less um, there's less noise in the 2.4 gigahertz band because uh, no one has home phones anymore. Because all those wireless home phones, they were all 2.4. Right. And that posed a big issue. Um, when 5 gig came out for Wi-Fi routers, that was a major plus because people would have, you know, these wireless home phones that would tend to 
disrupt your you know your your wi-fi so we have pushed uh into the um wireless internet um like the uh, the wi-fi internet uh, modem installations uh we are now witness is now a eero pro installer company okay eero is uh, basically e-e-r-o so uh, they've got multiple different style not style, but multiple different uh, models that they have. Mm-hmm. And also, Eero is an Amazon company. It started out as a just a company that had built a really great product when it comes to their their Wi-Fi uh, ro- or modems, Wi-Fi router systems. But uh, the idea behind them is they're a mesh network. That's what they're really yeah. built on. Mesh and networks are the the hip thing these days well i mean when you have a 1750 square foot home Mm -hmm. or or bigger which those uh mesh networks really come in handy if you have just one base router you're gonna have really strong router uh, speeds closer the closer you are to it but when you get to the other end of your house and you only have that one router well, then your your speeds slow down. Right, and so, they're different than Wi-Fi repeaters because <coughs> Wi-Fi repeaters they'll get the signal where you want it to be, but that bandwidth will not be there. Correct. It, well, I mean, it because it, I've I've had plenty of experience with Wi-Fi repeaters. And, now these uh, the Eero, what uh, they're built to do is whatever. Like if you were to run a speed test on this computer right here, mm-hmm. um, you're going to hit every bit of. Oh, now we pay for. Um, I want to say it's 900 megs or very close to 900 megs down. Hmm. If you run it now, you're going to hit about 850. Hmm. And, and it's on Wi-Fi. Well, this one's hardlined, but oh. it is hardlined from uh, the, the house all the way over to here. And then you're running through the router here on this side. Uh-huh. And so we've got three uh, Wi-Fi nodes. That also work as hardline nodes as well, because they've got two. E- each node has its own two ports, and so it's it's really awesome the way nice. these things work. So uh, I know that's that why I've I've considered switching to the Nest. I know that it doesn't. I don't think it works with two gig um, to tie into home automation, but um, I don't know for sure if it does or not. Have you have you looked into Echobee? Or Ecobee? Ecobee does not tie in. I don't th- yeah, I didn't think it did. I've had one for the better part of a year now, and it never loses connection, and it always works. It's been great. But, you know, it's tied in through my Apple HomeKit. It's not... So it's a Wi-Fi based. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's Wi-Fi. So I think uh, when it comes to <clears throat> smart thermostats, Wi-Fi is going to be the best type of thermostat. More likely. I- I'm glad that Z-Wave came out with... Uh, or th- there was... Uh, different Z-Wave products so that were why, brought out. Why is it the 2GIG hasn't, like, why aren't they doing a Wi-Fi, like, why aren't they allowing for Wi-Fi connections to home automation? That was a promise of the GC3, I thought, that you could do Wi-Fi before yeah, the GC3 came out. The, they, they did have <laughs> um, Wi-Fi capabilities, yeah, but they but did not have the way Wi-Fi. That the, the way that the rep presented it he was saying like you could do wi-fi home automated stuff and you you know tie that in and use that as your hub they 
they put the cart long or far before the horse. Right. You know, this was also, this was also whenever, oh, it's coming out tomorrow. And then like, you know, for six months they were like, oh, it's going to come out. Oh, it's going to come out. Oh, it's going to come out. Two gig really screwed themselves in that, in that aspect. But they have also, they've been bought from a, or by a company in Italy. And, um, so they're, um, and, and that company's focus was more home automation and uh, where two gigs focus has always been security and the home automation company wanted to get into a security company that could uh, be compatible with right. their equipment. <clears throat> and that's why we're moving more towards possibly getting into the home automation world. Yeah. Which it always was there with two gig, but it was kind of like home automation light. Like if you really wanted to get good integrated home automation, you wouldn't be using your security system no. as a as a hub. You, your Apple TV or your Fire Fire TV was a better hub than than the two gig was, because there's like there's a million more accessories and products that are ca- uh, compatible with Alexa and uh, Apple HomeKit, like far more. So like this system that we're <clears throat> looking to move to, um, they will be Alexa compatible. Uh, they'll be Siri compatible. Um, they'll be Google compatible. Um, so all of those, and if you're not compatible with all those three things, you're going to get left in the dust. Yeah. Um, you have to have the ability to just turn, uh, be in the kitchen, you're making something, and Alexa, turn the whole house to uh, right. such and such song or something. Yeah, and it's frustrating whenever you get a smart device that doesn't tie into your home kit. So, like, I now I have an oven that is a smart oven. I didn't know that this was a necessary thing in anyone's life. I didn't buy they're, it. For they're the, constantly putting out weird things. Yeah, that it's like, like, why do I need <laughs> Wi-Fi at my stove? Why do I need my socks to tie into my Apple Home Kit? It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like smart socks. <laughs> it's like Siri. Hey Siri, give, put my socks on or, or warm my socks up or something. Like, maybe maybe this is an idea. You get preheated socks for like the winter time. I mean, I don't know. When we go hunting. That would be a cool idea. Yeah. No. The. Uh, but like, so we bought this oven and realistically, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast or not. I, I didn't know before purchasing it that it was a smart oven. Um, basically, I told my wife, I was like, hey, here's our budget. I want to try and keep it around 800 bucks or so. You pick out what you want because, so you, you know. finally got her an oven. Yeah, this was like, this was like a, almost a year ago now. He finally broke down and bought her an oven. I bought this in like November. This isn't the fireplace that they have in their living room. No. This is actually in the kitchen. Yeah. It's he like, broke down and he bought her an oven. You've been to my house since I've had this oven installed. I, I don't know about this. Yeah, I know you have. I don't know. Because um, unless you haven't been to my house since November of last year. I'm pretty sure you've been there. I'm like 99% positive. I might have been there, but I didn't uh, have a meal cooked out on your... <clears throat> Your new Wi-Fi oven. Right. Usually we do, uh, we use... What kind of speeds you getting in your wife, in your oven? Barbecue. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> run a speed test. <laughs> that was the weird... So so she picked it out because... So it's a Samsung, which is, you know, that's a good, decent appliance brand. Um, <laughs> Samsung and, making stoves. That's weird. I know. Is it gas or is it yeah, electric? Yeah, it's gas. 
It's uh, it's gas. And so she picked it out because uh, of the size of the oven size. It was like one of the biggest sizes in that style of stove. She find the app for it, and it yeah, we ended up so. And it, it, she also liked the burner layout because it has the, you know, it's got the four burners, but it has that middle griddle burner. I like know. those. Those, those, are, pretty those nice. are cool. It's pretty nice. Especially when you're making pancakes. Yeah. Or, you know, the other day I was almost like a like a freaking idiot. I was about to make grilled cheese in a pan. And then I was like, oh, what? I've got this thing right here. <laughs> oh, it's a flat, it, a flat iron. It's, it's, you can, you can switch it. You can do like a regular uh, a grate and then it also has a flat grate. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so like a flat skillet. Yeah, it's really... And I, this thing was like under 800 bucks. It really wasn't an expensive oven. I, I was pretty amazed at all the stuff that it had. And it's the biggest... It's like the biggest so oven can, in that category. Can you light the stove from here? Um, that's the thing. So here's the the features of it. Because of safety reasons, like I could pre, preheat... I could set the temperature to preheat it, but I can't turn it on... Unless I go over and like actually hit the button. yeah, it'll it'll load it up. It'll load up the temperature, and then you just have to hit start on the actual oven. That's what, but to keep uh, kids I, I, from sitting on it, and then you started it. I guess maybe, or or to prevent you from like preheating the oven and the and the pilots out or something, and you just and you're not home, and it just fills your house up with gas. I guess to ki- if say your wife had a friend over and uh, he had her up on top of the stove and. Then you just light her on fire. That'd be yeah. a bad deal. <laughs> now you can't turn the stove on because the, the stove's just you know knobs. But the oven you can control. And now what you can do, what is useful? We know is that's you, not your, yeah. your situation, but so you can turn off the oven from the app, and you can uh, and and you can have you can see the timer, what what time is remaining on it. You can you can also add time to it as I well. Can totally see that playing out. You, people have cameras and uh, like those yeah. ring cameras inside the house, which I think is ridiculous. But so, especially if they don't have the two-factor authentication turned on. Mm-hmm. So someone's got their uh, their living room ring uh, camera, and they they look into the kitchen, and they've got one of those stoves, and the wife is fooling around, and she's got some dude over there at, while you're at work, and you just happen to see it. You're like. Up, oh, he just put her up on the stove. I'm lighting this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for safety reasons, there's a reason why they don't they don't let you control the the flame on top. <laughs> there'd be too many there'd be too many um, uh, burn victims with with fidelity issues. <laughs> uh, so, so it's like kind of one of those things where it's it's kind of. It's kind of useful, but not really. But here's the big problem is it's Samsung, and Samsung doesn't like to play nice with Apple. So it will not tie into Apple HomeKit. So I have to use their own separate app, which means we almost never use the smart function because I'm not opening up a different app whenever I have all the stuff in my HomeKit already. That's ridiculous. It is. Because it'd be my wife all the time, she'll uh, like the, it'll go out, which also, by the way, I have a bone to pick with, with new appliances. I'm not a fan of their timer chimes. Like, what what, what was wrong with the beep oh, beep? Playing the uh, stinking to, tone. Like they'll have to sing. Uh, oh my goodness! Why is my I oven? Have to, I don't want my oven to sing to me. No. And, and dryers, the do washer, it. and well, the yeah, dryer. They all, so when my when my oven's the, done, the microwave at Keith's house. <laughs> whenever when I live there, no, it, does, oh, it sings. Goodness. Hey, just 
it plays <coughs> it plays a stupid song the yeah. washer plays a stupid so you're running around all these different devices like all right who's singing which which, singing? which one it's i, I just want to put my fist through them sometimes what was it's wrong like, with come the beep? on what was wrong with the beep i didn't yeah. find anything wrong with the beep with like the beep obviously beep, people weren't beep. coming fast enough what? so they had to put this long drawn out yeah. annoying tune my oven has different tones for when it's done preheating and whenever it's done like timer wise so it's like two different chimes. I don't know the difference to it. I don't speak oven. My wife does, I guess. She's learned the language. So I <laughs> so, have not, cause I I'll have hear not gotten to use my microwave um, that I bought for my house. Uh-huh. The one that I haven't... I've not gotten to use my house. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, have you even gotten to use your house? <laughs> uh, for one week. Um, <laughs> it's more like a, it's more like so a vacation. I bought a... Hotel a stay. I bought a brand new refri- refrigerator, washer, dryer... And a new um, hood vent microwave. Yeah. Now I've got to doctor the hood vent, uh, where the hood vent microwave is going to be. But regardless, I haven't gotten to use it yet. And so now we're talking about musical yeah, you're gonna microwaves. Yeah, you're going to have a whole orchestra. I sure as hope. I, I hope. Bet. That stupid thing doesn't sing. I bet it does. So I have an old microwave, and I didn't realize the microwaves were doing that now. And I was thinking about You're replacing going, this microwave. Thank goodness. Yeah, I was thinking about replacing this microwave because it's a it's a over it's a hood vent microwave, and I don't want to modify my cabinets for it. Um, so we've got it set on a, just on a countertop, but it's way too big for a countertop because it's designed as a you know hood vent. vent. But we got it for like either cheap or free. I can't remember. Those are always good, good yeah. prices. Yeah. And so it's a, you know, it's a, it's a decent microwave, but I was thinking about getting like an actual countertop microwave, but I'm worried now <laughs> <laughs> that if I do, like, can you test microwaves out to make sure they just have a normal chime? Like, is there, you so can't. according to Rachel, whenever, uh, I was getting pissed at the uh, microwave in Keith's house, she says, you know, you can turn like turn that feature completely oh, off. Oh, I tried with my oven. Believe me, believe you me. <laughs> I read that thing front ways and back ways. We could not figure out a way to turn that to a so regular microwave chime. You can. Not she, my oven. She looked it up because it was bothering her as well. Yeah, not the Samsung oven. I'll tell you that much for sure. It's a nice oven, but it's just like all the new appliances. They all gotta they gotta sing to you, and they have different chimes. It's like a you know you know you watch Star Wars, and you're like, how the heck do those people understand R two D two, right? <laughs> It's like what I'll tell my wife, I'll hear that chime go off. I'm like, oh, the, the oven's going off. She goes, oh, that's just the preheat chime. And I'm like, well, I don't understand this language. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. So I didn't buy it for the, the smart uh, features. I bought it because that's the one. And when she sent it to me, she's like, this is the one I want. I looked at it and I was like, yeah, that's great. I like the burners. It's the biggest oven that'll fit in our spot. Um, and it's a good price. So I'm going to buy it. And I ordered it <clears throat> um, for delivery. And, uh, Through those? Yeah, yeah, because they do free appliance delivery. Um, That's handy. Yeah, it is. Especially uh, as far out as you live. Right, right. Um, which we have, we have a Lowe's in Muskogee, so it's not... They, that's where they deliver from. But it is like a 45-minute drive. So usually if I'm buying something from Lowe's, I deliver. And if you're having it delivered, you don't have to carry it inside. Correct, I don't. No back problems. Right, exactly. Um, but they won't install... I don't think Lowe's will install gas stoves. Well, they get it to the spot. Actually, no, they do, but you have to pay an extra like $60 fee. And I was like, I'm not paying $60. I know how to hook up a gas Yeah, I was like, I can hook it up. Which I did have to change out every single orifice tube on it because 
I have propane, not natural gas, which is really annoying. You figure you spend $800 on a stove, you should be able to select an option to be like, hey, I'm on propane. And they have a propane model that already has the orifices. And so, I mean, there's an orifice for, there's a, there's an orifice. <laughs> what? <laughs> so orifices are real things. It just means a hole. <laughs> there is, so there is a, there is a jet. We'll call them jets. And I just, I just the, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm going, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I've heard the word orifice used this many times <laughs> so, in a this so short, natural, short amount of time. Span. So natural gas and propane are two different pressures. Natural gas is higher pressure. Propane is low pressure gas, and you have to you have to adjust. You have to change and you, adjust. You gotta, you gotta have an orifice that yeah, uh, works a little a bit better separate, with a separate orifice for it. Otherwise, you know, you won't get a, a good flame. So they will sh- they they include the conversion kit with most gas stoves um, they didn't with yours no they did with mine it's just you have to do that for every burner oh which, my god and i have five burners on the top and then two burners below because you have your oven and then your broiler burner so i've got the the bottom burner and the top burner inside the oven so i have a total of seven of these things that i've got to change out which on the stove is not that big of a deal just pop some why, things off why not do it at the uh where it comes into the back of the back of the uh, uh stove well that's the thing is there is there's a different there's a different um uh pressure uh regulator than than the for propane and on that it is it's on the back of the stove but the nozzles the orifices are those nozzles that the propane comes out of or the gas comes out of oh, at the burner at the burner and at like the uh the for the oven as well so they're basically they're nozzles there's different fuel injectors if you will and they, they have to be a different size diameter in order for them to work properly. So you have to change every single one of those things out, which is not an impossible or difficult task. It's just mildly annoying that when you buy something like, you know, it, it's, a, it's not an expensive stove, but you, know, you spend 800 bucks, you'd, you'd expect to where you could like check a box and be like, set it up for propane. And they'll send you a propane model, and I don't have to go through and you know my brand new stove and spend fifteen minutes, you know, turning wrenches on it so that way I can fire it up. Unreal. But anyway, so Samsung doesn't talk to the Apple Home Kit, won't won't work with it. So there'd be there's a feature there that would be useful is that if the oven's going, and then you know the timer's count, counting down, and my wife's like, oh, I'm gonna extend the time. Right, you could extend the time on it because you think, oh, it's not going to be done yet. Let's let's add ten minutes, or you could turn it off or set it to warm and lower the temperature down if you're like not there, uh, or we're say we were out in the backfield or whatever uh, doing some work and it's like, oh crap, you know the meatloaf is done. Uh, turn off the oven. You could do that from you know because I can do that from my pasture because you know with Apple HomeKit because I can control my Apple Home stuff with cellular data. Even if I'm off my Wi-Fi, <clears throat> not the case with the um, with the Samsung because I don't have a hub to run it through. So it's only it only works locally on my Wi-Fi. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't. But, Why they wouldn't? But it's Samsung. Samsung doesn't like to play nice with Apple. So do you got to get a separate hub just so you can? Uh, if I wanted to tie the oven, cellular. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'd have to do like a, a Google Home Kit. Or I think it might be. I think it might play nice with Alexa. Well, Google and Google and Samsung do like playing together. Yeah, but that's the that's just the annoying thing is that why wouldn't they let you 
I don't know. It's dumb. I think that anyone who's building a home automation device, they should make it work with all three of the major um, home hub kits, you know, between Apple Home, Alexa, and Google. I agree. Because it doesn't, because what happens is now that this is the only thing, the thing that doesn't bother me about it is I didn't even know until it was ordered. And then when I was, I was like, well, let me look at some of the specs of this thing, you know, since I just bought this thing. And, you know, and so I'm looking through. <coughs> and I see a Wi-Fi symbol. I'm like, Wi-Fi? Well, where the heck's that? Where, where would my oven need Wi-Fi? So I looked at it and found out that it had smart capabilities. I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. And I told my wife, I was like, did you know that the oven you picked out had, had, had Wi-Fi? And it's a smart oven? And she's like, what? She didn't know either. I know my washer and dryer are. Yeah. And I think, <coughs> um, I think my stovetop. And don't my, they make uh, Keurigs? I got, a, I got a double oven as don't well. Don't they make Keurigs that tie into your? It wouldn't surprise me. Home automation. I think you can get like a coffee makers and stuff that tie I mean, into home automation now. Once once I start going down the home automation road, uh, to to be really getting deep diving into this uh, Elon, mm. uh, that's the funny thing. the The system is called Elon. Yeah, with an A though. E-L-A-N. With an A instead of an O. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be installing Elon, possibly here pretty soon. Yeah, next thing you know, you'll be, <clears throat> you'll you'll have, you know, maybe he'll give us a call now. Yeah, sure. I'm sure he's got the time to, you know, between launching rockets and building electric cars and stuff, and he's selling internet. Yeah, and selling internet and pretending to buy, but then not buying <coughs> Twitter. Dude, you know. that that was funny to me. He he, I think that was. Completely 100% the plan the entire time. Yeah, to basically get them to clean up their act without even having to spend a dime. You just well, he did have to spend a dime. Oh, yeah? He, he, he bought, a, uh, well, the, the largest portion of uh, Twitter. Uh, oh, right, yeah, he, he did that. And then uh, I think he did lose some money in doing that. But, uh, yeah, he... But it'll gain him. I mean, it's you know, if he holds on to the stock long enough, it'll gain him money. So oh, it's, yeah. it's not the same as like if he had actually purchased Twitter and and owned oh. it. You know, he he didn't want to own it at all. I don't think. I think it was more along the lines of, if it happens, cool. If, right. If it doesn't happen, cool. I don't <clears> think that's kind of the way he lives in a lot of cases. I think so, uh, but you know, <laughs> he just likes stirring the stirring I think the pot. So. I think so. Just like Trump, Trump likes well, stirring the pot. But that's the thing, is man, when you have like billions of dollars and like, what what are you gonna do for fun? Like, go on a yacht? Okay, man, that's kind of played out. I've done the yacht thing already. You know, that's that's what you're thinking. Like, if you you're have? Si- no, not me uh, personally. <laughs> Actually, I have. Uh, funny enough, and I, I it was a wasn't a big yacht, but I I knew a guy who had a forty five foot. I uh, believe I want to say it was a Carver was the was the model. Is this is this massive boat? How how long did you spend on it? A week? No, um, fifteen minutes. He was. We were friends ish. We were kind of like strong acquaintances. We we were in the same yacht club, but he was the only one with an actual yacht in our yacht club. We kind of called it like a redneck yacht club because no one had like super nice boats per se, except for him. He had this massive boat with twin diesel turbocharged engines to power this thing, each producing 500 horsepower a piece. It's like a 1,000 horsepower boat. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. 
it was a fancy boat. And I, when I first walked into it, I was like, I was like, why are you not out on the boat more often? And he's like, ah, I don't have enough time. And I'm like, I would live on this thing. <laughs> like I wouldn't. So one of the guys, he was, I, he was like a retired Navy officer that had a job at the Pentagon. So he made a buttload of money. He was drawing a pension from the military, but then also had a good job at the Pentagon too. So the guy that's uh, helping us build the carport and he's going to be coming on with us to build these uh, camera trailers. He has a yacht. No, he was oh. uh, he was looking at buying a houseboat. Yeah, and I mean he, he. So as of right now, he lives with his parents. And oh, he, so this is not. I thought I thought uh, uh, your receptionist husband was going to do all that work. So he's they're not together anymore. Oh, um, okay. But I didn't uh, know this. He uh, he was talking to me, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm looking at buying. I found this houseboat for seven thousand dollars." <clears throat> I was like, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about buying it and getting me a dock, uh, like a... What's yeah, it? get a slip. Uh, yeah, a boat yeah. slip. He goes, and I'll live on the water yeah. year-round. Why not? It has a shower. Yeah. And when I get home from work, I just walk out with my coffee or whatever, my drink. Mm -hmm. Sit on the back porch, toss a fishing pole out. You know? Yeah, Catch my dinner, cook mm -hmm. my dinner. <laughs> yeah, I've I've the, the thought has it. If it weren't for the fact that I had so many kids, we would. My wife and I would live on a boat. He, for he's certain. got two boys. Yeah. Uh, so, and they're they're older. Like uh, I want to say fourteen to yeah. sixteen area. Uh, the, maybe maybe the if time I just frame, buy two houseboats, then I could. You could I'd just tie them together. Tie them together. Yeah. And have the kids in one, and then and then whenever I get freaking annoyed with them or whatever, just untie the ropes and I'll just boat off and be like, they can do whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he uh, the entire time or the entire weekend of uh, July Fourth, he's out here with us building these carports, and he uh, he every once in a while he'd get a call from his boys. He's like, hey, how's it going? And oh, just out here on the lake, just uh, wanted to check in with you. He's 14 to 16. He's just left them out there at the lake by themselves. And go on. Really? How? I, I didn't know. I didn't know his oldest was that old. Maybe I've never seen him. So I didn't even know he had boys uh, that old until uh, about Is a it year from like, or so ago. Not, oh, yeah. Not Kyla. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. <coughs> That's what I was confused. I was like, I've seen their kids and they're like... No. Young. Yeah, he's got... Like, I think the old, I thought the oldest was like 10, but I was like, man, has time really gone by? <laughs> Sometimes that happens, though, because someone will mention a name, and I'm like, oh, you have that kid, and they're like, like she's 22. And like I'm like, the what the... Like the Coons kids? Yeah. Uh, they came to church a couple weeks ago, and I'm looking at one of them, and I'm going, I remember when you were knee, knee high, and that's it. Which, realistically, given their genetics, they're not getting yeah, much taller getting than knee high. <laughs> But it they're, was they're pretty funny. short people. It was kind of funny. I'm looking at this kid and I'm going, "You're not supposed to be that old." Their mom technically is not tall enough to be allowed to sit in a car without a booster seat, according to the you know <laughs> rules. So I mean, that's legitimately she's not she doesn't meet the height requirements. She would it, you know a cop could write her a ticket for not wearing a, <laughs> a booster seat. I think I don't know how that works here in Oklahoma. Um, <clears throat> I knew at some point or another. When I was looking into it, um, or I saw it in Virginia, the uh, 
there so there's 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 height, weight, and age limits in some cases. Let's take a break real oh, quick. I guess we gotta take a break. I don't know why we gotta take a break, but here's a word from our sponsor. And we're back. So back to uh, the conversation we were having before. Booster but, seats. Well <laughs> I think we kinda went down a rabbit trail. We did. Um I, <clears throat> I wouldn't mind going back to our conversation about uh, Wi-Fi and uh, oh yeah, uh, the thermostats. So I thought we were going to talk about CEOs that were terrified of losing their jobs because the I did because uh, the world's about to be on fire. <laughs> I, I did send you that last night. That was yeah. pretty interesting uh, little read that I read. Yeah, let me see the stat real quick um, and pull that up. You sent me that, and I was like, yeah, that makes about sense. So uh, one thing that I've noticed. Um, it, well, not noticed. I was reading the other day. Um, actually, I wasn't reading it. Sorry. I was watching this video, and this guy says to a millionaire, he said, what um, industry would be best if we're coming into a recession? What's the best industry to be in? And the millionaire said, service industry. Yeah. And the guy goes, why the service industry? Well, the service industry, you can... You can constantly keep things going. You can constantly keep yeah, working on things. Because the reality is, is that in well, certain in, in your industry, cars, you, you work on cars. Yeah. And in fact, typically speaking, mechanic work usually gets busier in a recession because people can't afford to can't afford buy, to buy new, new cars. New. And yeah. so, in my field, security. Yeah. With the recession, crime goes up. Crime goes up, which ke- which just yep. booms my economy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to make some people go, man, I, I just really can't afford $45 a month. The reality well, is. can you afford that TV, yeah. the cable TV that you're, you're paying for? Well, at $135? No, you really don't. The reality is, is that service industries tend to do well in recessions because, um, and they do well all the time because people always need services of some kind. Unless you offer a very superfluous and luxurious service of some kind, like let's say you are a um, a high-end personal masseuse, right? That you might see a little bit of a downturn in your business in a in a bad economy because where you might have been able to cater to middle-class people who want to pay a hundred bucks a week to have you come and do a massage at their house or whatever, then they might start cutting, they might start trimming the fat on their budget, and that might go. You know, you'll still have your high-end clients that have enough money to be like, hey, I still want my massage or whatever. But regardless of people's income. And, and their what status, what what economic class they they sit it they they're in. If their toilet is clogged, they have to call a plumber, no, no matter what. They, they just don't know how to do it. They yeah. don't know how to clean it. Right. Well, and even if it's not even something as simple as just like an actual toilet clog, what if the what if you get leaking pipes or whatever? You know, you'll see a lot more people who could otherwise DIY that are going to DIY rather than pay for it. Oh yeah. In a recession. But you'll still there's still a vast amount of people that don't know how to do anything, and even the stuff that they do know how to do. I mean, there's some stuff that's pretty specialized and hard to do, or the tools are too expensive and they don't already own them. Because, in for so, instance, the, I'm sure you've seen the the YouTube guys. Uh, you betcha. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> they actually yeah, you betcha. Uh, they they actually did a uh, a clip, or actually I think it was on their podcast. It's kind of funny. They're like. <laughs> We need to make an app for that's tender, but for tools. 
and they're like, and we need to call yeah. it Ratchet App. Yeah. <laughs> swipe left, swipe right. I mean, I'd be. Uh, which way is the good way to swipe? Is it right? I don't swipe have right? a clue. I think it's. I don't know. I'd be swiping the good way on on every tool. <laughs> the good way. The good way. I'd be swiping so hard, man. I I see tools on the regular that I know there's not a world I'll ever need it, and I'll be like, that's pretty cool. I want it. <laughs> and I, like, it's something crazy, like some sort of like self calibrating uh, uh, satellite alignment or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Obviously, it's something I'm never gonna use, but it's like, man, that's a pretty cool tool. I, I really want to <laughs> buy that, and it's like a thousand bucks. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I'd ever use this thing, but by golly, I want it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, your wife sees your your tools. Tools are a problem She's like, for me. Why do we have this many tools? Do you, you use know, this? You know, here's the thing is, here's the thing is, I have I have quite a bit of tools that are like one-time use tools that I've almost that I almost never use again. I need it at once and I keep a hold of them or whatever, but they come in handy. And when they do come in handy is When you have them and yeah. When you need them? I mean, oh, Robert, man. one of my guys, that dude he has got a serious tool addiction. Yeah. Um, he he's got a tool set yeah. just for his company truck. Okay. Um, that I mean, one of the the Milwaukee roll off job site mm-hmm. boxes. Yeah. And we actually gave him a bonus just to cover some of that because he uses those tools for our our jobs. Yeah, but he likes Milwaukee versus you guys are usually run oh, Dewalt, right? Yeah, exactly. He. That's, I'm a Milwaukee guy myself. I like Milwaukee tools. What's funny is. One of my other I do guys, have some DeWalt stuff now, though. One of my other guys happened to uh, to take his, uh, or he was working last night out here <clears> on the <throat> carport, mm-hmm. and he forgot to uh, load his Milwaukee drill. It's sitting out there between my vans right now. He's he's probably, when he gets here, he's going to see that, and he's going to go, <gasps> oh, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> now, uh, you know... So I can't talk because I have a tool addiction too. I I, I own you know I was going through and I was kind of inventorying the garage a couple months back, and um, I am a man who owns four soldering guns. Do you know how often I use a soldering iron? But when you can't find them, <laughs> that's the problem. They're, they're so cheap. They're so cheap. I just go buy another one. Yeah, right. And Harbor Freight's got them for yeah. cheap. I have all kinds of different sizes, uh, all kinds of different kinds. I've got like little pin kinds. I've got like the gun kind. I've got man. I, I I've got. Robert's got one on his truck, and I think the entire time he's worked for us, he's used it twice. I rarely need it in my in my line of work. I almost never need it. In right. fact, the majority of the time, if I'm doing electrical work, a lot of times, you know, it's just uh, you know butt connectors in and you know I use a you know a torch to shrink rack them. Yeah, that's basically Every it. once in a while you got to connect your butt. Yep, yeah, it is a it is a requirement. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, you know, I mean, um, I, I do have a, a tool issue, but. I have a neighbor, my neighbor, you've seen his shop. It's a giant shop that fits semi-trucks in it, right? On on more than one occasion. In fact, just uh, just the other day on Tuesday, he uh, texted me and he's like, Hey man, um, do you have a 1 and 11 sixteenths inch wrench? And I said, I don't know, but I know I have a socket. Now, have I, I you know, I've never even actually used that socket as a socket. <laughs> I bought that socket to use as a punch to like punch bearings for because it was like the right size. It's a three quarter inch drive. I don't even own any three quarter inch drive tools anymore. I used to at some point, but I don't even have them. So I was like, so I grabbed my socket and I went over there. I was like, hey, will the socket work? He's like, yeah. And I said, I'm going to need like a breaker bar because I don't have any three quarter inch drive tools. <laughs> 
But, you know, he's got this massive shop. And on several occasions, there's situations where he needs a tool, and I have it, and it's in my in my truck. You know, I have more... Uh, Ratchet up. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Um, Swipe right. So this thing you sent me last night, um, it's, uh, it says, a survey of 3,000 business executives this fall by Alex Partners found that 72% of CEOs said that they were worried about losing their jobs in 2022 due to disruption. That's up from 52% who said the same in 2021. Now, what's interesting to, the, to me is they weren't worried about it during the the beginning of the pandemic. Right. But now they're worried about it in what, I mean, it's, it's, it's not bad times right now yet, but uh, the pandemic's done. Yeah, here's the thing is, people in, um, people who are executives at companies and stuff, they tend to see, they tend to, oftentimes they see the writing on the wall a little bit quicker than the average bear, because most people working in those positions, they're looking at market trends, you know, and they see supply chain logistics at a larger level than most people do on their day-to-day lives if you're making burritos at Chipotle, right? Oh, yeah. um, you might be like, hey, it's kind of weird. We don't have a lot of chicken. Uh, you know, we're, we're always, we always seem to be out of chicken or whatever. But the CEO of Chipotle is going to be like, oh, my goodness, we can't get freaking chicken. The supply chain's dwindling. We're in trouble. I'm going to lose my job, right? So, and I, I freaking hate What's interesting this. is in those situations, uh, you, you know, you, you normally, the, the people at the lower end of the totem pole, they're like, I'm the first one to go. Yeah. But in when reality, you, when you look at it from a big picture perspective, the CEO's gone. Oh yeah. shoot! Yeah, because I'm gonna be the first one to go. Right, because you're looking at someone you know who makes twelve, fourteen bucks an hour versus someone who makes like a hundred million a year. You know, yeah, <laughs> they have, they have the 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 fattest salaries. So if you want to trim some fat, it's a whole lot easier to send you know to one person packing versus yeah, uh, versus like fifty. You know, in order to match his salary, you'd have to you'd have to send away like when, when a thousand you, people. When, when you send a fifty or a hundred or a thousand people away. Even at fifty, you you let fifty people go, it's gonna go noticed. Yeah, yeah. Where you, where you, you let still, one guy you, go. you still let that yeah. uh, the one CEO go. Get, get rid of the CEO. You're gonna know. You're gonna know about yeah. it. Yeah, man. Look, think of it. But, think of uh, it this like way. Like Matt Furlong or the the yeah whoever the I cannot remember who the chief financial officer that got fired from GameStop. Yeah. Um, when when they let him go, it's obvious. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna be look known. At, if you look at executives, let's say an executive makes a hundred million a year in salary, and you're looking at your company's bottom dollar, you're like, hey, how can we save fifty million dollars a year? Find an executive who'll do it for fifty million a year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fire them. And well, uh, you, you can't just find a, an executive does <clears throat> does it for fifty million because he might not be able to uh, actually deliver. Well, you, you got to find one that's gonna be able to deliver and do it for 50 million. Right, right. But it's a whole lot easier to do that than to fire a thousand people to try and save $50 million or whatever, you know? True. Um, Cause that, that would be the, that's the, that's the numbers, isn't it? Like if some, let's say people are making 50 grand a year, uh, you'd, you know, you, it'd be a thousand of those people that you'd have to fire and it'll be a little bit more noticed. You know, if you fire a thousand people, I don't care what company you are, you lose a thousand people. You're going to be in, you're going to be in trouble. You know, it's going to be difficult to operate if you're if you're getting rid of a thousand lower level employees. Um, and I, I'm sick and tired of feeling like Chicken Little and yelling the sky is falling. But there's a lot going on right now. 
So also another thing I noticed, uh, being the fact that we're the Making Jobs podcast, mm-hmm. uh, I was watching a video the other day, and this uh, executive said, so if you're going and starting a business, just like you and I have, mm-hmm. you go and start a business, you're never going to be able to clone yourself. Yeah. You're never, I'm never going to be able to clone myself and have the same productiveness come out of myself and or out of yourself as the guy that you hire. Right. The, 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 the most you'll ever get out of the guy that you hire, even if he's the greatest guy on the planet that you hire for your company, you're only going to get 70% out of him. Right. And so what they were saying is, uh, though you're never going to get to 100% out of that one guy, you hire two people and you'll have 140%. Yeah, two people that, uh, and that's what we have done uh, yeah. just recently. We we found that we had to pay a little bit better, which, uh, when it comes to my guys and what they're producing these days, I don't ha- one I don't have to worry if they're going to do a good job anymore. Right. And two, um, with them doing the good job that they are, I don't have to go and check on their work in the field. Right. Also, on top of that, it makes it to where you're not going to lose a good guy to somebody who pays a dollar more an hour or whatever. Right. Because you know? you're, if you're on the higher end of that competitive salary, it makes it harder to we know, found out have someone leave you. We found out from the, the two guys that came from other companies uh, that we are now the highest paid company here in, uh, when it comes to tax. Mm-hmm. We're the highest paid company here in Tulsa. Yeah, well, that, that's good. That's a good uh, spot to be in because it makes it hard for... <coughs> it makes it hard they, for people to leave us. Um, <coughs> and the, the funny thing is, and, and I don't... If my, my, li, my uh, guys that work for me ever were to listen to this, I don't want them to think that I'm talking bad. But what I would say is we've got a lot of misfits. Uh, a lot of guys that... Uh, when one of my guys that uh he's he's a great guy uh, he when uh robbie yeah uh our salesman he he did some homework on him and found out that uh he had a, a past or something mm-hmm. i haven't seen that past right and that's how one, one thing i have noticed the work ethic is unmatched that's where I, that's how i've always hired because well, I, I can't say unmatched because uh all of my guys are uh, very close i've hired i've hired people with criminal past i've hired people with and and the reality is is most of the time the reason that they quit working for me or i've had to fire them generally didn't have anything to do with like their criminal past or their criminal mm. history <clears throat> no what it what it a lot of times has to do is that they're not willing to do something Whatever it right, is, right. or they keep making a mistake, and you've already corrected them right. multiple times. Yeah, it's not. It's it's almost the <coughs> usually an employee's past hasn't been a problem. There are certain things that are are difficult to deal with that are good red flags that you might shy away from. And I've given I've, I gave a guy a shot who you know he told me in the interview that he um, had a problem with alcohol and he was an alcoholic um, and he had gotten out of rehab you know like a, a few months back or whatever and he's you know not you know he's not an alcoholic anymore. And I was like cool. Well, then he eventually became an alcoholic again when he started making decent money, and it became a problem. And that is that is a typical typically tricky thing to deal with if you if you if you hire someone who has substance abuse issues 
depending upon the substance, it's not that big of a deal, and they typically it typically doesn't affect their work, um, their work, you know, uh, ethic or their or their ability to perform their task. But alcohol and meth, those two things right there are the toughest to try and have. It's hard to find someone who's a functioning alcoholic who can do their job right. Or someone who's a functioning meth addict. Oh they, yeah, they tend to they tend to drop off the face of the map once they make a little bit of money. They go on a bender and then they're gone for two three days and you can't freak it. And they always come back with some craziest excuse every single time. It's like, oh well, my granddaughter uh, dropped my phone in the toilet and I didn't have like okay, so you couldn't like borrow a phone to call me. I didn't remember your number. You have my business cards. What are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? You can Google me. <laughs> I'm not impossible to find or get a hold of. How do you think customers find me? You know, I don't know. I don't hand out my. They, they don't have their phone. My phone number saved in their phone. Um, anyways, no. So I do see the writing on the wall with uh, with production supply chain issues. I'm seeing a ma- in my industry. I'm seeing a massive um, down uh, downturn in product quality. Auto parts are not getting, they're just not getting made as well. I, I've seen it in, multi, not just auto parts, uh, <laughs> I've seen it in other things as well. Yeah. Um, and one thing that we've basically had to, For uh, it, supply uh, chain issues tarps. as well. Um, I, when I, it comes to buying equipment for jobs, Yeah. I'm at now, I think I've got enough equipment out on the shelves and I had to start doing it this way. I've got enough equipment to do two or three jobs on the shelves. Right. I've got enough equipment to do access control systems, two or three access control systems, full mm-hmm. access control systems on the shelves. And I have in my garage, I have, uh, I have oil filters for the m- most common uh, engines out there. Yeah, you and know. you have to. I have to because I because don't know if there's going to be a time you, when yeah. they're not there. You know, there it's, was a time uh, that, that I couldn't. The, for the longest time, I relied on the supply house and I said, I don't want to keep any equipment well, the on, the, on the shelves. Basically, because if I do, then the warranty starts as soon as I, as right. soon as I buy it. Right. Well, if it sits on my shelf for six months, then I'm losing a, a yeah. six months of. And, uh, and I've been, you know, I, that's why I don't, you know, it, it, for my line of work, it's impossible for me to carry like a lot of the, like I can't carry alternators for everything. I'd have, no. I'd have tens of thousands of dollars with alternators just to cover like the basics. I However, haven't, I haven't done the math <clears throat> on what I've got in uh, inventory. But I got a feeling I'm sitting at about sixty yeah. grand in inventory. I generally will have the stuff that doesn't carry warranties or doesn't have good warranties, like oil filters. They carry warranties, but I, I, you almost never like I, I can't think of a time when I've had to warranty out an oil filter. The only way that they break is if they get damaged. Like it's almost never a thing that happens. So I'm not worried about someone that. Drives over a curb. Yeah, yeah. Did I tell you about someone? No, I, no, no. But uh. Years ago, whenever I had my BMW, I <laughs> sold my uh, BMW to her. Yeah, I remember. You sold it to her like three times. Uh, I sold it to her twice. Uh, but uh, she, uh, the reason she bought my BMW is she had her Jaguar that uh, Jeff McElroy was working on. Yeah. And my BMW, I happened to have a for sale sign in it as he was working on it. And uh, so she called me about it. The reason she was working or having her Jaguar worked on is she was prone to, uh, she'd be in a parking lot. Right up over the curb. Those little, uh, 
little concrete, curbs, yeah. those little concrete things. Yeah, the parking curbs or whatever you want to call they, them. Sometimes they don't nail those uh, those rebar all the way down. Uh-huh. And um, she'd go over the top of the concrete curb <laughs> thing and rip out something from under her car. Jaguars don't ride high. No. BMWs don't ride high. Right. And yet she'd just be like, all right, well, I don't really want to back up, so I'm just going to go over the top of this thing. I had a customer um, with a Hyundai uh, Tucson or Santa Fe, one of the, the small SUV. I think it's a Tucson, um, and uh, and it. Uh, uh, I he he called me because you know he was having battery charging issues, and so I, I I'm 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 jump I'm jumping this thing. I've got it hooked up to the charger for like 20 minutes, <clears throat> trying to get it started so I can test the alternator, and I finally get the thing started, and it sounds like. Like uh, it sounded like there was like just nuts and bolts in the engine, so I shut it off immediately. I'm like, "What the heck? That sounds terrible." So I checked the oil level, and there's like barely any oil. So I add two quarts of oil, and it's still showing low on the dipstick. I'm like, "Man, this thing was really low." So I fire it up again, and now now when I looked, whenever I checked the dipstick, and there's no oil in there, I'm like, "Man, there's got to be a massive oil leak." So I look around. I don't. His driveway's bone dry. There's nothing there. I was like, "Okay, weird." Um, so I add oil. <coughs> And then, uh, and then I fire it up. The noise gets better. The engine doesn't sound as rough. And so I'm, I'm, you know, testing the alternator and I'm watching the voltage drop. But I didn't have it running. But like maybe 45 seconds before, I see a puddle of oil on the ground. I'm like, oh, shut this thing off. So I shut it off. And I told him, I was like, hey man, yeah, I'm, I think your alternator's bad. I could see the voltage dropping, but I don't know for certain because I couldn't run it very long because you have a massive hole in your oil filter, and you're, you're, it's pumping oil out of your engine. And I was like, here's the deal, man. You don't have an oil trail coming to your driveway. Because he said that his, his, his car was losing power, and he basically got it into the driveway, and it coasted to a stop, which means his engine shut off because of lack of lubrication, which isn't great. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and I, uh, so, uh, and I was like, it, did you hit like a curb or like a bad pothole or something? He's like, no, no, no. And I had, for the life of me, cannot understand because he had to hit something. It's not even a. It's not even a very low car. It's a. It's a small SUV. It sits about the same ride height as an Acadia, right? Um, so he had to hit something substantial. It's not one of those things that you don't notice that you ran over something pretty good, you know? Because it had a hole in the like the oil filter had a hole like something hit it, and um, the mounts for his uh, AC condenser and radiator were bent slightly in. So he like hit something low. Like it wasn't like he ran into a tree or something. He hit something that was low enough to just catch the bottom of everything and, and bash that. <laughs> so it was like, like a parking curb, basically that height would have he, been appropriate. He went over top of it. Yeah. And he was like, no, I didn't hit anything. I'm like, okay, sure. I mean, I, you don't, I'm not going to ridicule you. I'm just wondering like how on earth this would have happened or whatever. And I just, and honestly, it didn't matter. I just happened to mention it. And if he, if, if he was like, oh yeah, I hit a really terrible pothole because he lives over by TU, you know, and there's some, some rough roads over there. And, and, and if he I said, hit, I hit a pothole here, uh, <clears throat> not far from downtown. And this is in my new Toyota Highlander. Uh huh. When I hit it, and that, that thing can take some hits. Right. If, and it rides super smooth. So it had to have been a massive pothole. Mm-hmm. And it, I felt it. It was nuts. <clears throat> yeah. There's some bad potholes out there. I don't I mean, understand why Tulsa can't get that together. <laughs> my, neighbors, uh, my neighbors were driving their Corvette, um, and they hit a pothole and it blew out the tire. You know? 
Um, in fact, I think it I think it also bent their rim. They had to get a new wheel. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that something you can take to City of Tulsa and be like, I need reimbursement? I actually had a customer who was able to, uh, one time, the City of Tulsa, because I, um, I remember having to give them invoices and st- copies of their invoices to take to the City of Tulsa, and they got, I can't remember what it was that broke that we fixed. I think it was something front end, like a, a, a tie rod end or something along those lines. They said they hit a massive pothole. And uh, judging by, like, the damage that was there, it looked an awful lot like it. And so I, you know, gave them invoices and stuff. They managed to, they told, I think they, because they said they were going to try. And then um, I think I talked to them a few months later doing something else. And they said, oh, yeah, we got them to settle. And they, they just they just paid the bill uh, for it. Yeah. I, I don't know how successful that is all the time. But, I, I mean, I, I guess in order to avoid lawsuits and stuff, I would imagine the city of Tulsa would just be like, if it's a few hundred dollars or whatever, they'll be like, yeah, sure, freaking take your money so we don't have to hear from you again. I think I'm going to just start uh, yeah. getting invoices from you, <laughs> yeah. even if they're fake. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, we do, uh, allegedly, we don't, we don't condone, we don't condone um, defrauding city governments. Um, you know. But yeah. So the, the this uh, this economy is going to continue to get worse, and inflation is going to continue to go up. Pay? No, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> so do you think Dakota would pay? <laughs> so I'm uh, right. I'm I'm telling you, it's going to continue to get worse, and uh, and we see it from all aspects between the supply chain and. Man, we're talking food shortages, right? So food shortages are going to be an issue for a multitude of reasons. I've gone over this before, but not only have grain prices increased substantially because Ukraine is not producing grain, and it's going to get worse because guess what? They aren't doing. They weren't. They weren't uh, planting yeah. for the. Leah's here. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I'm not parked in her spot. Uh, she doesn't normally here at seven thirty. I thought not this early. Normally. Um, oh well, <clears throat> she'll yell at me. Um, so the uh, so grain prices are going up. Uh, not that we got our supply from Ukraine, but now we're exporting more than we otherwise would have, um, and so we're going to have a lower supply, which means prices go up, supply and demand, yada yada yada. Right. So the grain prices mean it's more expensive to make food. It's more expensive to feed your food. You know, like uh, cattle and uh, oh. pigs. Yeah. I was going to say feed my food. Yeah. I mean that's. So I feed myself. I don't feed my food. Yeah. So your food eats other food. You know, if you're if you're a meat eater, uh, pork and beef and chicken, they all require the the majority of them all eat grain, and yeah. that price has gone up. Now we're experiencing a bad drought this year. Oh, we are. Yes. It's it's very. <coughs> oh, no, it's if and you're it's not, not just paying attention. I mean, the heat's not going to be a very uh, and it's like, not. I mean, Lake Mead in Las, Las yeah. Vegas is uh, at record lows. Yeah, well, they are in a desert already. So True. Now, here's the problem. It's not just Oklahoma. It's basically everywhere. It's the, it's the belt of this country, this, this massive belt that is experiencing this drought. And, and these are all hay-producing areas, right? True. So here's the problem. Now, normally I don't buy hay until, like, the fall. Right. That's whenever I'll buy hay because that's whenever I'm going to need it. I'm going to have to start feeding in, in uh, you know, the wintertime, usually around uh, December, January is whenever I have to start feeding hay. My pastures aren't growing. I move cattle off of them and they rest for three weeks and it looks like I just moved cattle off of them. I'm, I've already started feeding hay, so I'm going to have to feed hay this summer. So what about, I mean, and here's another you, you don't want to spend water on it, but uh, what about watering 
the fields. Just so I've thought get- of it. The tricky thing is, is getting, you know, getting <clears throat> irrigation out there. Cause it's, I mean, I'd have to run like 700 feet of water hose just to get, you know, out to some of my back pastures. And, and even at that, what, to, what type of water pressure am I going to see coming out of there? You know, it's going to be like a trickle of water coming out. Uh, my pond is super low, which is what my, you know, my animals drink out of. I mean, it's like two feet lower than it normally is. Um, so in that case, what if you were to not overflow your pond, but uh, fill your pond? Where are you well? No, I'm on, I'm on rural water. So... So, I mean, I should have a somewhat limitless supply of water. I mean, you'd have to pay for it. But. Yeah, it'd hurt. But, well, it'd hurt substantially if I tried to fill up my pond. You know, a half-acre pond can hold about 600,000 gallons of water. So, and if it's two feet low, my estimation would be that I'm probably about forty or 50,000 gallons low, at least. Maybe <laughs> maybe yeah. a little more. The last maybe 100,000 gallons. The last time that we had serious <laughs> rain, um, just... Back, back to back. It's like back two months back. ago. Yeah, at least. And um, I'm sitting there going, man, <clears throat> the, this amount of rain has just got to give. There's well, and the problem is too, and I'm I'm going to work on a way to capture some of that springtime rain to use at a later date because the problem is with I, it doesn't if I get six inches of rain, it doesn't matter to my soil because it's only going to absorb about one inch of that rainfall. The rest is just running off down the creek and into the lake, you know. So I'm. You know, I'll retain some of it in my pond, but once my pond's full, it's full, you know, mm. and that's it. And it usually, the first week of good spring rain, my pond is filled to the brim. And that's, that's that, you know, so I can't hold any more unless I build a bigger pond. So, which I'm considering turning like a half an acre of one of my pastures into another half acre pond. It's a consideration of mine because I need to hold more water in cases of drought. So here's the, here's the, um, the issue with that. It's not just Oklahoma, it's also Texas and Kansas, and those, those are big hay-producing states. Mm-hmm. Now, what do animals eat in the freaking wintertime? They eat hay. We're not going to, this is a guarantee, I don't, unless we get rain like now, we are not going to get a second cut of hay. So generally speaking, hay fields produce, there'll be a first cut, which we've already had, and then that we'll get a second cut it'll you know it'll grow up again and we'll get another cut before you know around the fall time and we'll the so the one hay field will produce basically it'll, it'll produce two um yields of of hay it'll yield uh, two harvests of hay all the all the hay fields that i drive by coming into town they were cut weeks ago i mean probably actually the better part of a month ago a lot of these hay these hay fields were baled and I'm looking at it, it looks like winter time. Like, it, it's been a month, and you should see some growth. It looks like the grass is dormant, because it is. It's, everything's been scorched. It's too hot. Mm-hmm. It's too hot, and there's not enough rain. Well, so there at uh, <coughs> Keith's Airbnb, he had uh, Sutton uh, plant some uh, uh, sod. And I, uh, I've been going out there and watering it. and It's still not. It's not. I drive, I drive by sod stores, and whenever I'm looking at these sod fields where they're growing, you know, Bermuda, which Bermuda, by the way, is a grass from Africa. So it's like, it's a good hot weather grass. And I'm seeing brown fields, and I'm like, man, if these people who grow grass for a living can't <laughs> freaking grow grass, <laughs> we're in trouble. That's a problem. And here's the problem is, uh, so lack of second cut means that there won't be as much hay. There's probably, uh, the, the, basically our hay uh, uh, yields are going to be halved, 
right? And if we do get a second cut, it's not going to be a lot of hay. It's not going to produce nearly as much because if we do get it, it, it will be lucky. And that means we're going to get like a solid six inches of rain over a period of two weeks over the next, uh, it, it has to happen within a couple of weeks from now in order to get a second cut. And it won't be a good second cut. I'm telling you this. So that means that a lot of people aren't going to be able to get the hay that they need to feed their animals. As it is, and this started about a month ago, a lot of Texas ranchers are panic selling all of the, a lot of their herds. Like they're selling tons of their cattle off because they know that they're not going to be able to feed them over the winter, which means the less second time <clears throat> that this has happened. Yes, and happened during the pandemic. If anyone keeps, if anyone keeps their cattle right, and they do, they're not going to be able to feed just hay over the winter. They're going to have to increase their grain supplement, which means a bigger demand on the already dwindled grain, grain supplies, which will mean increased costs. So anyone who is able to manage to feed cattle over the, over the winter, they're going to, their prices are going to increase so much so that their that cost has to be passed on. So there's going to be a shortage of beef, which I've, I feel like I'm always saying this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's going to be a, there's going to be an even uh, smaller supply of beef and the prices are going to go up even higher. So it'll become extremely expensive just to have a freaking cookout, you know. Already as it is, prices are going up, but, you know. It Sorry won't. you're not coming over. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, uh, fortunately for me, my beef prices, as far as for my family, they're not Just a matter of changing. keeping the cattle yeah. alive. I got to keep them. That's, that's a tricky thing. I'm going to get hay, but I have, a, I have a hookup. I've got a connection, right? And I have three different people that produce hay. Two of my three people don't have any hay. I mean, they have some. They have just enough for their own herds. And both of those people that don't have, that they're not going to have hay, they usually bail off of several hundred acres of land. And they're just not, because they're not going to get a second cut, they're not going to be able to sell anything. Because what, 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 what surplus they already did have, they sold to some, uh, some farms, and they've got to keep some for themselves. One of the guys goes to my church, and he has, um, he has like 750 acres himself, but he grazes on some of it. He bales about 200 acres or so. So Ethan should be uh, making good money on at least <clears throat> on that land that he just bought. Well, he would have if the guy who was going to bale it for him didn't flake on him and never came out. He should have bailed it a couple of weeks ago, but now it's not. if he does bale it, it's not going to be anywhere remotely decent hay because a lot of it's burnt up because it's, you know, it's... Because it's he it, it was supposed to it should have been cut almost a month ago. If he would have cut it a month ago, he would have had a good amount of a uh, good amount of hay. We, the weekend that we were out there, right? Basically, <laughs> then yeah, that and he was supposed to have someone bail that. The guy flaked on him, and so it's always nice. So now it's useless grass out there unless he starts grazing on it. So he's got to move his animals out soon before it completely um, uh, burns up. So that way he can get some um, some supplement off of it, or some some input, or be able to get gather some sort of harvest off of it, basically. But you can't. He's not going to be. He said he can't bail it. Said so he looks at it and he's like, it will make the sub the most disgusting quality hay. It won't. It won't be good. It's just not going to be worth he's, it at all. He's not eating it. So, right. But th- that's the thing is, man. So there's going to be a ton of people. How's that picky? <clears throat> I mean, they can be. Um, and I have nothing left to graze. I can't graze. I've got to feed hay. Now, I'm going to plant rye this fall, and if that takes off this winter, I'll be able to graze for a couple months in the winter and then go back to supplementing hay after everything dies because rye is a, a winter grass. Um, but, but there's a lot of people out there, man, that are not going to get enough hay because if they're, not, if they're not already stocked up on hay now, they won't have any of this winter. 
because we, if we don't get a second cut, so here's the deal. Normally in Oklahoma, a round bale of hay is roughly around 50 bucks a bale, give or take. Now it's already some of the cheapest, the cheapest price is like $65. That's cheap, okay? Most people are selling them for $80, $90 a bale. So the cost of hay has gone up. Supply has gone down. We're not going to get a second cut. By the time the winter comes around, anyone who has a surplus of hay, I would not be entirely surprised if they could turn around and sell those bales for like 100 bucks a bale. The guys who... Oh, we're uh, talking about the round bales. Not yeah, the round bales. Yeah. Which is, Jeez. you know, substantially more expensive um, than what it normally would be. And, you know, 100 bucks doesn't sound like a lot, a $50 price increase. But when you have to feed, in some cases, I have a small herd and I have to feed a bale a week. So if you're having to feed, you know, with a, a, a herd that is like a commercial size producing herd, you're going to have 10 times the size of herd as me, at least, minimum. And that means that you're going to be feeding 10 bales a week. Well, 10 bales a week, that's an extra $500 a week over the winter. And you're typically feeding hay for somewhere around 12 weeks. So that's, uh, that's about $6,000 price increase over, the, you know, over, uh, over 100 head of cattle. <clears throat> and again, this is, you know, cattle are a two-year crop. It takes two years to grow them out. So what we're going to see is we're going to see massive price increases on them. And it's not just cattle. I mean, it's because of the, so because of the limited amount of hay, there's going to be increase in demand for grain that wasn't normally already there for cattle. Um, that means that the increased price of grain is going to also translate into increased cost of grain to feed chickens and feed, you know, uh, to feed your pigs. So pork and chicken prices are also going to increase substantially. And, you know, typically speaking, people don't feed hay to the chickens or the pigs. It's, you're usually only grain-fed. And so you'd say, well, what is a hay shortage going to, how's that going to greatly affect my, my pigs and my chicken? Well, there's going to be a greater demand for grain for the cattle than there normally otherwise wouldn't be that will translate into exp uh, expensive costs for feed on pigs and chickens. And believe you me, pigs that are in confinement and only eat grain, they eat a buttload of grain. Pigs eat a lot of freaking food <clears throat> um, in order to grow them out. Oh, yeah, they're fat. Yeah. I mean, it takes, a, it's, you know, in order to take something that weighs 30 pounds, you know, and turn it into a 300 pound pig inside of six, seven months, it requires a lot of grain input. So anyways, uh, just uh, a tip, find, find yourself a local farmer and uh, try and secure yourself some bulk meat, like probably now that'll save you a lot of uh, money and headache in the future. And, uh, you know, until the next time, folks, uh, we'll talk at you later. Hopefully the world isn't literally on fire next time. And, um, uh, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll see an apocalypse. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, until the next time. <laughs>